On this week's show, delight for Maidstone as they reach the FA Cup third round. We hear from co-owner Oliver Ash. The league is the bread and butter and we are doing our best and doing well in the league, but this is something special. No joy for Ramsgate in their big TV date, but we hear from a proud manager, Ben Smith. No, it is what it is. We weren't going to change the way we play tonight. There's no way we're going to change the way we play. That's how we play. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of the players for sticking to it and keeping going. And making steady progress in his first season at Herne Bay, player coach Liam Friends tells us all about it. If we can aim to get into the playoffs, which we're just outside at the moment, that would be our first target. Win more games and then we can see where we are if we're able to mount a, mount a bid or not. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. It's been another massive week in the county and three is the magic number. Maidstone are in round three of the FA Cup. We've got three teams in the next round of the FA Vars and there's been three managerial exits across the county. And the breaking news this evening is that one of those three have appointed a new boss. So we will discuss that shortly. I suppose we might as well have three interviews as well then, shall we? Uh, I am John Phipps, who intelligently managed to run out of petrol this week, but I certainly am trying to absolve myself from some of the blame for this. And on the line now is the man of the FA Cup. He's just back from a boys' night of watching football, so I'm sure he's on top form. It's Matt Gerrard, of course. How are you, mate? Not too bad. How did you, what, did you actually, did your car stop? Yeah, it stopped. Completely stopped. Doesn't it, don't you have a magic light? Yes. And so basically the way that how, my, how close would you go? Well, clearly very close. So here's the thing. So my uh, car has, like most modern cars, is very computerised when it comes to these things. Uh, and my petrol light came on and it said I had 55 miles of fuel remaining. Oh, and okay. I was 35 miles away from my destination. I, I, I'd be the same and think I'll get there, no problem. Absolutely. And I was driving up a main road. So petrol prices at the service stations were extortionate. And I was I all the time I was checking how many miles I had left and then how many miles I had to go. And there was always at least a 10 mile gap. Um, And then when my petrol goes down to 25 miles to go, the um, it stops telling me how many miles of petrol I've got and just says fuel level low. Um, and about, I would say, five, ten miles after that happened, car just completely stopped. So how fast were you going? I always wanted to know what happened. It just sort of just went... Well, so when it happened, it happened to me once before, when back in the old days, uh, and what happened was the car stalled, and then I was able to start it again and get and drive to the next petrol station. Uh, this time, I was driving along. I'd just come off um, the main road, uh, and I was on like a sort of link road uh, and I was just about to, and I was just I'd moved out to overtake a, a, a lorry or a van that was driving quite slowly and it literally the car just stood, slowed down and I thought mm, that's not good so I, I can't I, I knew that the only thing that could have happened would have been that it had run out of petrol so I just very quickly just sort of pulled over to the hard shoulder put my flashing lights on uh, and then called my friend who was thankfully only 10 minutes away uh, from for some emergency assistance uh, and he very kindly came. I was only waiting about 25 minutes or so, but I was a good boy. I did the proper thing. I got out of the car, uh, even though it was, it was, I mean, you so say it's so cold he, now. He had to go to a, with a jerry can to a petrol station to fill it out for you, did he? Basically, yeah. He went to the petrol station, got a, got a uh, fuel can, filled it up with petrol for me. And, um, 50 miles worth of petrol I got from that, so that was quite handy. It was a good boy. It was minus one degrees, and I still stood outside in the cold, didn't sit in there. All I can assume is because, obviously, it was freezing cold, so I had the 
heater like bumped oh, right, up yeah, and I had yeah. you know and I had the um, windscreens all on the thing so it must have just used more fuel doing things like that but I've been close before I reckon I've been five or six miles away but I genuinely knew or thought I had enough to get me there so <laughs> you know you won't be doing that again then I won't and it's really funny because I had a really night late night at work on Tuesday night and uh, I was worried there was going to be a detour on the way home because there's been some road closures and stuff. And I had, I think it said I had 78 miles worth of petrol. My journey was 35 miles. And you can bet your bloody bottom dollar that I stopped off and got some petrol because I thought I'm going to be <laughs> safe rather than sorry. Yeah, so lesson like, learned. But, but I, I've, I've always, I've gone close before. I always want to know what would happen. Does it just go or just, just basically stopped? It just it just literally slowed down to a stop and then I tried to start again and nothing happened and I was like well it's obviously run out of petrol um so yeah it probably not happens the, uh... more than you imagine probably apparently I did read somewhere it's actually an offence to deliberately run out of petrol like but I mean they'd never be able to prove it and and you know I genuinely am telling everybody to however many listeners are going to listen to this week show I genuinely promise you. I thought I had enough petrol because trust me, the last thing I wanted to do was break down on the A66 just outside Darlington. So, so interesting. What would happen if you had a hybrid? Would that have been enough to get you going? Would that would that eventually run out? I've got no idea. Really well, I don't want to know. It's interesting to know about those things from there. But oh, wait, we got you. Luckily, you survived, and you won't be doing it again. No. Uh, how was your boys' night anyway? Yeah, we had a curry and Amazon watched a bit of the Premier League. Amazon's coverage, unfortunately, they're losing the coverage, was is very good. So, um, um, yeah, again, we'll get on to this. I don't think the standard of football is that great. That's one of my theories, but there you go, just generally. But um, I watched the Man United game against Chelsea and they're two terrible teams. So, I mean, um, I'm not being funny, but the, the games I, cause I've been, I've had Amazon Prime in front of me all evening this evening. And uh, I thought what I'll do is I will watch a game until 8.15. And I tried to justify watching any of the four that kicked off at up past seven. And I found myself constantly struggling. Um, you know, they're, they're poor games of football. But that said, the Aston Villa Man City game was an absolute snorter. Well, maybe the top end, but I think the rest of football is pretty poor. But that's a different story. We don't we don't care about the... Uh, Premier League match in here, so um, and unless one of our well, we would never even if all of our sides got promoted to the Premier League, it wouldn't matter to us because we would never work at non-league podcasts. So, yeah. No, I just want to clarify that a Dover Athletic fan, look at their league table, is telling you that the standard of football in the Premier League is poor. Uh, I, I, I'm, not just saying I'm, I'm not just saying the Premier League. I think down the yeah, it's not as good as we probably all think it is. Well, I'm a, well, yeah, that's my theory. There we go. Move on. Well, it's our 276th episode this week, and I'm definitely not putting this bit in after I've edited the rest of the show, having done 277 by mistake earlier. Oh, no, I'm not. Absolutely not. Uh, But 276, well, it's the smallest number uh, for which is not known if the corresponding aliquot sequence either terminates or ends in a repeating cycle. Uh, In Acts 27, verses 37 to 44, the Bible refers to 276 people who were on board a ship, all of which made it to safety after the ship ran aground. I don't know if that was Noah's ship, maybe. Who knows? Uh, But also, there are 276 days from the Annunciation on March the 25th to Christmas on December the 25th. So it's considered a significant number by some authors. Um, I can guarantee you next week's is 
quite the number facts. Uh, we won't be doing them again. Uh, but all I can say to you is that it ends with us describing people as losers, which now segues into what Matt Jarrod is about to say. Uh, yes, very good. Well done, everybody. Anyway, uh, let's... There hasn't been many losers in Kent football, has there? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, we'll segue straight in to some winners because uh, the top billing for this week's show has to go to our FA Cup heroes, Maidstone United, who beat Barrow 2-1 to reach the FA Cup third round. Some are saying for the first time in their history, some are saying for the first time since the 1980s. We're not really that bothered about that, uh, but it's a fabulous achievement for the club. And after that game, Matt spoke to Maidstone United's co-owner and friend of the show, Oliver Ash. I'm feeling over the moon, Matt. Uh, it's a wonderful feeling. It's great for the club, great for the whole town. First time in 12 years we got this far. Uh, proud of George and all the boys. Wonderful. What does it mean that money will play a big part in the next round, but really being in the third round makes based on the footballing map? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of what you dream, dream about because the league is the bread and butter and we are doing our best uh, and doing well in the league. But this is something special. The FA Cup, it, uh, it sort of strikes the imagination of everybody in the country. Everybody who loves football follows the FA Cup. We're not going to win it, but we got to the third round and, and you never know then. We all start to dream about what, what will be mustn't take our eyes off the ball for the league but this is a wonderful thing and and uh, you just see the crowd we're, we're just loving it everybody's in seventh heaven here so let's enjoy the moment football can be you know you had a difficult year last year everybody nothing went right you stepped with the manager this is what football's all about moments like this isn't it yeah absolutely it's a, it's wonderful we have to enjoy the moment there are ups and downs we've had a bad season last season we had a good season the season before it is a it's a bit of a yo-yo. We are a yo-yo club, whether we like it or not. And as I, we discussed yesterday, the thing about a yo-yo is that it goes down a lot more easily than it stays up. And that's where, what it has, I think, in, in common with football clubs who are yo-yo clubs. So we have, to, we have to try and go up, get back up to the National League. And, uh, this will help, will it, money on this? Well, it'll certainly help us towards the, the, the money we need to replace the pitch at the end of the season. That's, uh, that's for sure. The next round, if we get half-decent draw, we'll be on tally and that's a bit more money. So it'll help pay for the pitch and it'll make everybody, uh, everybody smile all around the club and all around the town. And I'm delighted for them. Message about George Ellicobi. Some people said you shouldn't have stuck with him. That decision has been vindicated now, hasn't it? It has. You know, we, we, get, we get it. We make, uh, we make bad decisions. We make good decisions. And I think that was a good decision, as has been the decision to, to recruit as a committee, as a team this season, where we went wrong last season with our recruitment. And the recruitment's been good on the whole. And uh, George is a consummate professional. He's dedicated to doing this job and learning as a manager. He's got Bill Williams alongside him. He's got Craig Fagan and a very good management team. He'll be delighted. He'll want to, he won't want to stop here. He'll want to win the next round. That next round, who'd you fancy? West Ham at home. West Ham's my childhood team. I would love nothing more than to have West Ham at home, but we'll probably get Borehamwood away, you know, our luck. Enjoy the occasion and congratulations. And Maystone should be a good night out tonight, I would have thought. It should be a good night out. The town is going to be buzzing, so we'll be, uh, we'll be helping in a small way the economy of the town. We'll be happy, happy about that. He wanted West Ham. George Fowler, he also spoke to, wanted any Premier League team. They got Stevenage or Port Vale at home. Uh, but that doesn't take the shine off an amazing achievement from the Stones to reach the third round. Uh, how impressed were you by them on Saturday? Yeah, I, I, again, I went into the game thinking after I did my homework on what Barrow has, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a tough game for Maystone. Um, Maystone gave away a sloppy goal to, to Barrow, but after that, they grew into the game. Sam Corn, a bit of a tactical change. He sort of was playing as a defensive midfielder in the first 20 minutes. They moved him, swapped him and Garung around. 
And then Corn sort of started dominating the game, scored a good goal. Um, second half, did not much particularly happen. Barrow had plenty of possession. They didn't do much with it. Then the real bit of quality, I think it's probably arguably the only real shot in the second half of either team. Um, Garung scored an absolute screamer. But yeah, fantastic occasion for Maystone United. And I have to say, six months ago, Maystone United as a club was probably on its knees after what they went on through last season. Um, but George Ellicobi, Craig Fagan have to take a, a massive responsibility of what how they've turned that football club around. I think they're third in the league um, and now third round of the FA Cup. It is a, not a great draw for them, I have to say. But Absolute um, Reggie Blinker. Yeah. But you never know, they could beat them. I have to say, we talk about the standard of football. If Barrow were one of the top sides in the football league, I'll be impressed because I thought they were... You know, all very nice. No end product, even the hundreds of strikers that they had. But Maystone defended particularly well. Paul Apaya, the centre-half, was absolutely fantastic. On guy on loan from Leicester, really dominated the game. And I think it was quite, you know, nice that Karung, the local boy who'd been in the academy since he was about eight, scored an absolute worldie and fantastic occasion. Um, and at least, you know, Maystone fans will say they've seen him sides in the third round and they'll be disappointed with the draw. But, if they can beat Barrow, there's no reason why they can't beat Stevenage or Port Vale. Well, I'd actually look. Was it a draw in the first game or was it called off? It was a draw. So I think it was over the replay. Port Vale, I believe. All right. Um, um, they they did beat Stevenage in 2014 15, didn't yeah. they? Um, obviously, a different Stevenage now uh, at the top of League One and, and under Steve Evans. Uh, I suppose if you're Maidstone, having beaten Barrow, you'll look at that and think there's a smidgen of a chance. And if you're not going to get one of the big boys, you might as well have a smidgen of a chance. I, I think you'd be happier if you're Maidstone United. And I mean, no disrespect to the to the teams I'm about to mention. I think you'd be happier with a home tie against a League One team than a trip to Rotherham or a trip to Preston or, or yeah. you know, somewhere that's, that's miles away and you're likely to get to, to lose. You know, at least they've got a crumb by the fact that they're at home to a team that's only three divisions above them. Uh, to be fair, Maystone United are very good at home this season and they don't concede many goals as well. So I think, um, yeah, they, they should be, they're in the third round of the FA Cup. I felt for them in the draw. People there, Craig Tucker, Ruth, who've been following the club through thick and thin over many years. Um, it was interesting what Craig Tucker, the Kent messenger said that, he thinks it was a better feeling getting through to the third round of the FA Cup than actually the winning the league a couple of seasons ago, which it shows what it meant to all the, the players and the, and the supporters. And probably after what went on last season, um, it's a fantastic achievement, I have to say, for Maystone United, because not many people thought that Jelly Jelly Kobe could turn this around, but he shows what a good manager he is. Yeah, and, and nice stories for, for both of the goal scorers, really. I mean, obviously, um, Garang's got a lot of the the praise and, you know, great story for him being a local boy, but obviously part of the Gurkha family and everything like that. But Sam Corn as well, you know, a guy who, who we mentioned his name a lot of times on this podcast. He, he was at Ashford United and then got his move up to Maidstone and he's never looked out of place playing at Maidstone United. He's been there a few years now. But for, for me, that's as as nice a story in the terms that this is someone who's come through the pyramid to, to be impressing for Maidstone United. I remember seeing him play for Welling, I think, in the National League. He moved to, back to Ashford. Look, he's a good player, solid player. You know what you're going to get from him. I think they missed him a bit earlier in the season when he was injured, but key player for them. And, and the game changed when they moved him into attacking position because 
he just made some excellent runs. The only disappointing thing, and Manchi was um, stretched off. He, he probably did more damage in the final whistle because um, he was dancing around on his with his boot on and, and with his crutches, but he wasn't doing much with his crutches. But I see he didn't play yesterday in the cup, so um, that's the only worry that he, he how bad his injury would be. The celebrations were something else, weren't they? Oh, brilliant! As I said, FA Cup is a great competition, and as Craig said, you'll always remember where you were when you found that Maidstone United. They had that dream for 24 hours that they could place a, a Premier League big boy. And you never know. I think they'll struggle to get that on the telly, though, John, that one. Yeah, I think that will be a bit of a struggle there. They were in league action on Tuesday night as they beat Truro uh, 2-1 uh, to stay. They've actually moved up to second uh, in the National League now. There's six points behind Lee Dijova, who've beaten Bath uh, on Wednesday evening. But... All in all, as you say, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, for Maidstone United and hopefully the money they've made from the cup run, uh, as Oliver Ash said there, the pitch has got to come up at the end of the season. So that will be a massive boost uh, to them. And who knows, maybe in the new year we'll be talking about the fourth round and seeing who they get uh, in there. Uh, Ramsgate were also in the third round draw, uh, but their amazing run came to an end as they were beaten 5-0 at AFC Wimbledon on Monday night. Meaning it's the Dons who will face Ipswich in the next round. But defeat takes nothing away from an incredible cup run by Ramsgate. Here is the man who masterminded it all, Boss Ben Smith. Yeah, I think you just saw the the, the difference in uh, the levels there, physicality. You know, when they pressed, it was it was a proper press. It was strong, uh, aggressive. You know, and I think fair play to them, by the way. They've they've actually not not just disrespected us. They've took it professionally. Showed what you know. What a great club it is, and Alice Watch—they've done all the right things. Um, so, fair play to them. They were, you know, better than us on the night, of course. Um, but I think they were expected to be. You know, I said I said to people, you know, close to me before the game, if we could get it under six, I'd be very happy. You know, and I, I know that sounds defeatist, but you've got to be realistic as well. You know, these these lads that we've got in our dressing room. Yes, we've had players that have played at levels, etc. But you know. And then now at the end of their careers, you know, we are four, four leagues below, you know, their full-time outfit, they should be doing that. You know, and I thought there were little spells there where we, you know, we, we gave a good account of ourselves, um, but then it's naivety at times where we conceded the goals. So, you know, it is what it is. We weren't going to change the way we play tonight. There's no way we're going to change the way we play. That's how we play. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of the players for sticking to it and keeping going. Is it bright? Did you think about changing the way you have played at all? Because you know the first guy, I thought the first five minutes you look good, then you give away a sloppy goal. Yeah, I mean, there's no way we're going to change the way we play. What's the point? We've got all this way playing that way. Why change now? Um, you know, I'm not going to ask my players to change the way they play next Saturday in the league. So by changing things, that just messes with people's heads, and I think it shows a lack of belief. You've got to come here, and you, you know, you, you have to have, you know, some belief to come here and you know try and do. All, the way we, we play and I thought I thought that lads had that yeah, the first goal is a sucker punch because I thought we started really brightly um, you know had a few forays into their half and you thought oh, hold on there could be a game on here um, you know I just thought it was a lack of movement in front of Alfie Young Alfie Young looks like he's made the mistake there but I thought I actually thought he was outstanding tonight um, you know there's times where you play sides like this and you just kick it long and you're just under the cosh in your, camped in your own penalty box for the whole game. You know, it wasn't really like that. We did have some on the ball. Um, so, yes, yeah, so look, I am disappointed because we lost the game of football. We're used to winning. 
no matter who we're playing, we're used to winning. So it's, there's, you're going to be disappointed, but you know we're, we're immensely proud. What about the fifteen hundred fans? They they had a great day out, and this run has put Ramsgate Football Club on the map, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, like let's not let's not make you know make statements like putting it on the map, etc. Yes, nationally, um, I th- I think what's been going on over the last two years at the club, the growth of the club from hundred fans to you know thousands, um, I think. It's been really moving forward. This has now hopefully taken it that little bit further and it sustains crowds of over a thousand. We need to be averaging, you know, if we're averaging a thousand fans every week, we are a conference side in waiting. You know, whether that's me that guides them there or someone else, it, you know, the club will get there at some point. It won't, you know, it won't just sit there. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can use this as momentum as the springboard now for the league. You know, I've said all along, just because we're here on the bright lights of, you know, ITV and Wimbledon, you know, I've said that this is just a bonus and that's how it is. I mean, there were the players afterwards. Uh, we're not talking about tonight, we're talking about three bridges on Saturday. That That's the mindset, that's always been the mindset. Um, so, you know, so nothing changes for us. Personally, you've loved this run? Oh, it's been unbelievable. Now it's over, I can say that. Um, because, yeah, obviously, balancing two, uh, you know, the two jobs if you're going to call it jobs certainly when you're in the FA Cup second round it is a job um, with, you know media etc it's fantastic when it's gone I'll miss it but you know yeah it does t- it consumes you doesn't it um, you know and you never thought our football can consume as much as this no definitely not you know because you're getting phone calls every two minutes can we have a word can we have a word can you come on this show can you do this um, and obviously you know my day job's pretty pretty <laughs> hectic as it is um, but yeah you know, I, I just think for the fans, for the club as a whole, I'll look back in 10 years' time and reflect and go, you know, what a great run. Um, but for those guys, I think they, they go home happy tonight, having seen their side, you know, non-stop, give e- absolutely everything on the pitch. And, you know, my sides do that. I know it's a cliche, leave everything on the pitch, but I, I really think they did tonight. And now, as you said, back to the league, top of the table clash on Saturday. Yeah, top of the table clash. Um, you know, us being on the TV tonight is going to, you know, give them a little bit of extra incentive, I guess. Um, I know they're going to come flying at us and, you know, and t- try and take the game to us. But we just got to do what we do, um, you know. And at the minute, tonight aside, what we do is win games of football. We're very good at it, um, you know. And we've not taken our eye off the league one iota. Um, so we're not going to start doing that now. And the most important thing now is you get promoted at the end of the season. Absolutely, that's what I come here to do. I didn't come here to have a cup run. I come here to get promoted. Um, you know, and th- again, that's part of you know the mindset. It's, it's never been about a cup run. You know, um, you know. I just want to add, like, you know, we brought a 16-year-old on today. You know, his, his friend passed away in the week. You know, we brought him on um, for his senior, you know, his senior debut away at AFC Wimbledon. I mean, you know, that sums our club up. You know, it wasn't a token gesture. He's been working hard behind the scenes. Um, uh, it's just wonderful that we can do that. Enjoy it. Thanks for your memory. We've enjoyed it. And the memories to last a lifetime. Absolutely. Um, you know, my old Nan would have been proud. Well, he, his players, and, and all at the club should be so proud, Matt. It, it was a step too far for them on Monday night, but, but still a great effort from them, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. All in all, it was a great day. Everybody I've spoken to was there, said that they really enjoyed itself. Fair play. AFC Wimbledon were very, very professional. I've seen three League Two sides. Um, in this in the first round and second round, Walsall, uh, Barrow and Wimbledon and Wimbledon were far away a better side than 
all of them who did a professional job on on uh, on Ramsgate. I think they, you know, they've got a bit of cup credit the club, um, and they didn't want to become cup shocks. And Ramsgate started the game quite well. They gave the ball away for the goal, and after that, Wimbledon were clinical. I have to say, when they had the balls, they had a couple of good players. Al Maddy was excellent. Tom Hadler had an absolute brilliant game in goal. Really, really good. Probably saved about eight shots. I think it could have been could have been double figures without him. But fantastic day for Ramsgate. Um, the club, the supporters, apart from one idiot who ran on, um, did their club proud. Yeah, I admire Ben what he said about his not changing the um, the way they play. Um, but arguably that got them into trouble because you might be able to play out in the south Eastman Southeast, but the Wimbledon players were just a little bit a yard quicker and, and that's what caused the problems. He's always very honest, Ben Smith. I, I do like it whenever we hear from him uh, on this show. And, and you know, he's, he's been like a second, a third job for him, dealing with all the media requests and everything, uh, first and foremost. But also, you know, he he didn't go there expecting to win. Um, and just a great experience. He said they were able to bring on a, a teenager to make his first team debut in that game and and you know it all shows actually what they are doing and 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 the process that's going on at Ramsgate and as he said there you know the, the way that the club has changed in what two or three years is is unbelievable and they'll be talking about this run for years and years to come as I think Joe Taylor said uh, last week on the show you know he said you know we're going to be the legends of Ramsgate Football Club for what we've done well they're going to be legends in the FA Cup, but now the job is to go and do that in the league as well. And Ben Smith says they're, they're a conference club in waiting. I can kind of see it. You know, I, I think them and Chatham are on a very similar trajectory. Uh, both teams doing exactly the same way. And, and there's no reason why both those teams can't go along like the pyramid, is there? And, and Ramsgate, you know, that they've done brilliant things and, and delighted for all the people there that had their brilliant day out. But now the hard work starts at Three Bridges, doesn't it? Well, yeah, massive game at the big couple of games coming up for them so with other sides sort of still on their coattails yeah they've had a natural high for probably about six weeks since that well four or five weeks since they beat uh, Woking now that's over they've just got to uh, right concentrate on the league but I'm sure they're good enough um, and have got enough quality they're in pole position and I would expect them you know them and Cray who are on their coattails should be the sides that are should go on to win the league. But a big game against Three Bridges. You know, you've got to see how they react after that defeat. But like they've got enough quality in that squad. I think it's testament, actually, to, to Ben and the players that through everything, with all the hullabaloo around the FA Cup, they've kept that relentless league mm-hmm. form going. You know, to, to, because when we were looking at it, they were games behind. You know, they'd hardly played that many games. And and they've yet they've gone top of the table and they've stayed there. And, and it's a fantastic achievement. Well, it, yeah, I think the last time they played league club was 70 odd years ago. So it shows what it is. 1,500 fans who didn't stop singing all night. Just disappointed they didn't get the goal that their, their support their, their um, support deserved. But an all in all, a fantastic day. Fantastic season for Ramsgate so far. £160,000 from that cut run. And even though that money's worth it, those memories are priceless.
Absolutely, they are. I think with so much news this week, we're not going to probably offer the usual uh, results and fixtures service that we normally do going through it division by division. But I will make some time towards the end for, for some results and fixtures, because as at the top of the show, all three of our FA Vars sides made it into the last 32 on Saturday. Uh, all three were on the road, uh, both Irith Town, who were at Athletic Newham and Deal Town, who were at Lingfield, won by two goals to nil. Or Homesdale overcame Eastbourne United 5-4 on penalties after a 1-1 draw. In the next round, Homesdale or at home to Swindon-based Highworth Town. A deal also got a home tie there against Cobham, or Irith Town will be on the road. They're either going to Hilltop or Hamble Club. I've looked both of them up. I didn't have a clue where either of them were. Uh, they meet this weekend after the original tie was called off. Um, but absolutely fantastic, Matt, for all three of those teams to get through. But yeah, we, we, we'd hoped at least two, but all three to go through, absolutely fantastic. The draw, um, please for deal. I think they've had seven away tri- tip, trips on in the VAR, so they'll be delighted with that. And apparently Cobham, um, from what my sources say, are lowerly in the, the combined county. So a good draw for them. Holmesdale, please for Andy Constable. He'll, he'll be delighted for that. And, uh, and Aerith as well. So, yeah, all in all, fantastic. We've got them into the next last, is that last 32 next, is, there, is it? Probably. Yeah, last 32. So, and, and obviously now the draws are a little bit further afield. So you'll be looking at, you know, a couple of home ties in there and, and hopefully home sale to get, managed to get a few people through the gates as well for that one. I think on January the 13th, uh, those ties so will be able to uh, keep an eye uh, on them at the so time. Yeah. But I just think it's fantastic. This this is the beauty of the FA Vars. You know, you can get to this stage and, and three of our teams getting in this far. is It's just great, you know, and hopefully luck will be on our side and at least one of them will go much further into this competition. Well, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think... Um... All three sides are in this, got nothing to fear as well. So, um, yeah, really, really good. Most important thing is we had sides going in in the in the in 2024. So, um, I think it's been a fantastic season so far. Wouldn't it be great if one of our sides can go really long into the FA Vars and maybe even get to Wembley? Oh, it'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's keep the, the theme of threes going then, because he's talking about these three managerial exits. Well, let's start with one which had the most interest from my co-host. It was on Tuesday, the day after his 29th birthday, Mitch Brundle left Dover. The Whites had lost 4-3 at Haven at Waterloo, or the only team below them in the National League South on Saturday. And it was the end of the line for Brundle, with Jake Lavelle, who just joined Brundle as his assistant, and Mike Sandman appointed in his place. Uh, a big week for your club, Matt. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, I, I like Mitch Brundle. Um, he probably, when he looks back in a few years of, this role that maybe he should have done things a little bit different, reacted to situations a little bit different, but I think it was the right decision that he leaves. Um, personally, like 95% of Dover Athletics Board, I expect we are relegated unless there's a major turnaround um, um, coming shortly. Uh, so I think the club's needs a bit of stability, needs to start maybe planning for next season. Um, the constant chops and changing of players, um, and try and get a winning mentality or a structure into the club that can take them on um, next season. Jake LaBelle's gone in. I've got a lot of time for Jake. I've known him a long time. Um, you know, he worked hard. He was a key part of the Chris Kinnear regime. Um, he did a lot of work, did a lot of coaching. So he's got to step up. Um, I know it's a difficult, difficult job because of the finances and where the club is. But um, being a, a local local man, a Dover supporter, um, he wants the club to get back to semi-levels of what he's known when he was um, part of the previous regime. So, uh, yep, we'll go again. If he gets out of it, it, it they'll build him a statue. But it, I think he knows it's, it's a tough ask. But I think it's just changing the structure and the mentality of the club is probably 
one of his first jobs he's got to do. And having Mike Sandman alongside him as well, who knows all about Dover and, and, and the youth system. And, and I guess that's been a big thing the last few years, bringing these young players through. So that'd be a massive help to, to have him around as well, because he's someone that the players will, will kind of look up to, I guess. Yeah, and, and maybe some of the younger players may have not been managed as well or pushed on as well as they thought they would be um, under Mitch Grundle. So maybe Mike Sandman can boost a bit of confidence into them as well. And it's another voice in the dressing room, which I think David probably needed. Um, Mitch Brundle doing it on his own. I don't think that was the wisest decision he made. Should have got somebody really experienced when he first had the job. But um, David were lucky to survive last season. And this season, they'll be lucky to survive as well, in my opinion. Well, you never know, mate. It's, it's we, we, new, we need, it's to, we need brush, some wins. And again, the funny thing is, that you, you might pick up a, you know, they might win it Truro, and that's kickstarts a bit. But, they just need something to lift the spirit to the, the, the club. So it's it's a gasp. But, you know, as, as I said before, you're only as good as the players you've got. Absolutely. Margate have also got a new manager after quite a week at Hartsdown Park. Uh, on, Friday night, the club, on Friday, the club announced the tragic passing of their under-23 player, Michael Britt. And on Sunday, after a 2-0 defeat at Enfield the day before, the club relieved boss Reese Prestige of his duties. And they've wasted little time in getting in a new man. And there's plenty of excitement at Hartsdown Park, as that man is Mark Stimson, a serial FA Trophy winner, uh, one-time manager of Gillingham. Uh, he left Hornchurch in the summer, and now he's at Gate. I think that's a really good appointment, Matt. Very good appointment. Um, I know some people mentioned to me when Brundle sacked, somebody like Mark Stimson could take the Dover job. Um, you know, did a decent job at Gillingham, got them promoted. Um, been around the Essex scene. Um, couldn't get Hornchurch over the line in this division. Clearly knows that. I think he's been at Grays and it couldn't work out for him. Grays are a bit of a basket club, club over the last few years, but a good, solid non-league manager. Um, to be fair, I didn't think Margate would be able to attract the quality of Mark Stimson. So, and as we said before, Margate can be a bit of a strange club or whatever you've been to, if they can sort out the ground, if they can just sort of get some stability on and off the field. Constantly changing managers over the last few years hasn't really worked. But Mark Stimson goes in there with pedigree. Um, he's a kind of manager who, A, brings his son goes with him and Charlie Stimson, who's, who's a good player, but he, he works with players he's worked with before. So, there might be a turnaround of players at Margate, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes on. But I have to say, it looks a good appointment, it, it, especially at this level. If he's been given good funds to bring the players in, he knows he's worked with before, um, he should move them up the table. I think it's a case of the, the, the right place, right time, really, for, for both parties, actually. Um, I, I think Margate... Apart from Jay Saunders, they've not had a manager with with too much experience in the last few years. Yeah, they've had Steve Watt, and uh, who's gone on to do really well at, at Hythe. But you know, in terms of actual coming into the club with plenty of experience behind them, they haven't had that since. Apart from Jay Saunders, since probably you'd be looking at Terry Brown when he came. Yeah. In. And I think the fact that Mark Simpson was available, um, I understand it was a pretty uh, simple process. Margate identified as soon as they made the decision that Mark Simpson was the man they wanted. And they've got him, and and I think that's you know, and I think that's testament to, to to things at Margate. I think people often think there might be things going on behind the scenes they don't necessarily agree with, but they've gone out there and they've got a manager who knows how to do well in this league, 
And where they are at the moment in the table, they need a manager who knows how to do well in this league. And, and I, I'm sure there will be a turnaround of players. I'm sure there will be comings and goings. But I'm also sure that if you go and get a manager like Mark Simpson, you're going to back him in with, with a budget, aren't you? Uh, well, he can be. Uh, he's a good manager. He could be successful if he's given the resources. I know he had resources at Hornchurch and he missed out in the playoffs, etc., like that. But Hornchurch were renowned for a side that played good football and scored a lot of goals. So if you're a Margate fan, it's quite an exciting appointment as well, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. So I'm seeing him over Christmas, uh, Margate against Folkestone. So I'll be looking forward to seeing that with two new managers there, of course. The third departure of the week came in the scaffold where Matt Barman resigned as manager of Lordswood. Uh, no confirmation as to why he stepped away, but there are a few whispers that I saw uh, on social media that he may not have felt he's had the full backing from everyone at the club. A uh, real shame because they've been doing really well. And let's hope the, the young side that Matt's built can stay together and keep on, on doing the good work that, that they are advertising for a new boss. And I think the potential is there at the club now. But when a manager is doing well, resigns... It's always an interesting conundrum, isn't it? Because I think, would that put potential people off? I I, I don't know. It, it's a funny one, that, isn't it, Matt? Well, yeah. Again, when the chairman said, they lost three games all season, and they drawn a lot of games. Um, they did sort of, even the chairman seemed shocked, but maybe there's something going off behind the scenes that we don't know too much about. But, yeah, um, interesting to see what, what goes on there. And I'm sure Matt will be back in another role because he's done a decent job and um, other clubs will be uh, looking around if they're looking to change their manager. Yeah, and I wonder if he kind of felt, you know, this I, I'm on a high at the moment and if things are going to be going in another direction, maybe at Lordswood or, or that he didn't quite have the backing of everybody. Maybe he thought, you know, now's a good time for my reputation to get out of here as well. Well, maybe that's part of it. That's part of it. But clearly done a decent job there. Again, Things that go on at non-league clubs would be amazed, John. Absolutely. Uh, our third interview of the week comes from the Eastman League South East and one of Matt's football friends from tonight. Well, literally a football friend. Uh, it's Herne Bay player coach Liam Friend. And Matt started by asking about his views of base season so far. Up and down, really. We, um, we've drawn too many games, definitely. Haven't, I think we've lost three league games. But, um, yeah, like I said, too many draws, which has put us in an OK position just outside the playoffs. But, um, yeah, we, we're definitely disappointed that we don't have a few more points on the board. It's, it's, it's a Kent-dominated division as well. Um, the, the, the league has had a funny look of it because so many teams had games in hand. Um, at the moment, it looks like it's going to be between Cray and Ramsgate. Would you think? Do you think Home Bay have got enough quality to to challenge them? Um, we're in, we're a new team, new manager, a whole new squad. Don't think there was anyone here who stayed from last season. So um, I, I think when I've, whenever I've been interviewed before, I've mentioned like we wouldn't like to put. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're 12, 13 games in whatever we've played and you're right Ramsgate and Craze are looking to be the two most consistent sides in the division um, I, I still I don't think the season's over I think they're going to be you know you'd think they'd have a wobble or a, or a bit of a poorer moment than they are having at the moment I mean they've both been doing fantastic in the league and in the cups obviously so they um, I don't know what's going to if we can Aim to get into the playoffs, which we're just outside at the moment. That would be our first target. Win more games, and then we can see where we are if we're able to mount a mount a bid or not. But I think that's that's sort of a bit further down the line. We've got to look sort of the next two three weeks trying to pick up some wins rather than picking up the draws. Yeah, big busy Christmas period coming up. 
yeah, um, I think we have a free week before Christmas, which is unusual. But then, yeah, then we've got, I think, three games in about eight days. Um, so, yeah, busy. But I think players like that side of things. Um, they want to play. I'd rather play than train, um, especially at my age. But the, uh, I think, um, I think, yeah, again, it's we got a, a tough away game this weekend, and then a, a midweek next week, and then it is the Christmas fixtures straight away. So, again, look, it's a bit of a boring answer, but the uh, we need to get some wins rather than draws and, and losses, obviously. So, I think the league's been put on the map with the excellent cup run that Sheppy Cray and Ramsgate have had. And what do you think the standards like this year? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, that always shines a light on it, obviously. And they've both done really well um, with their crazy result at the Valley. Ramsgate getting to round two. Um, but I think there's been a few good stories from non-league sides. Horsham in the league above. Um, a couple of other Ryman Prem teams did well as well. So I think it's more shining on this sort of southeast area. But um, the league, yeah, like I say earlier on, Ramsgate and Cray are probably looking like the two strongest teams at the moment. But anything can happen. An injury to one or a new signing for another team bit of luck, suspensions, busy games over Christmas. It's certainly not over. I think this time last year, um, maybe Ramsgate were top of the league. Um, and then they didn't they didn't finish top of the league. Chatham won the league quite comfortably or relatively comfortably in the end. So football can change just as, the, you know, and it, it can also not change. They could go ahead and win it by March, I'm sure. But the, we've, we've got to focus on us. Uh, like I say, the draws are disappointing us at the moment as opposed to the lack of wins. What, what do you think that is? What you not turning those draws into... Defeat. So you've only lost three games all season, but you say you've had more draws than the wins. I think part of it could be because we're a new team, maybe not seeing out the results um, as we should. Uh, partly, um, maybe the weak our defenders have a bad game, our attackers have a good one and help us out, so that's where we get a score draw. And the weak our defenders play well, our attackers don't seem to, and we have a nil-nil. So we're a bit, maybe a little bit inconsistent, not maybe putting towards uh, putting towards uh, together a ninety-minute performance, maybe sort of sixty, seventy-minute uh, performances. Recently played three bridges who were top at the time, three-nil down with twenty minutes to go. So. We were delighted to get three goals back, but obviously disappointed to only get the draw at home. And then the week later, or two weeks later, we're two 0 up to Sheppey, and they come back and do the same thing to us. It's it's football. It's this level, really. I think that's that's where that is. But we look, we don't want to look at other people or where we are in this game and that game. It is as simple as getting some wins on the board. You're, you're 35 now. Been playing a long time at uh, in, in Kent non-league football. Uh, how do you feel your game's going on? You know, the the legs get older, but the brain's still there, isn't it? Yeah, um, brain's still working. I think I've uh, yeah. You should hope I should have enough experience after all the games over all these years. I don't think I've uh, I have slowed down, but I haven't slowed down too much. I think they still work. I'm still managing to walk and uh, get around after games and things like that. I think Has I'm... the game changed in the 19 years? Has your game had to change in that period? Uh, yes, my game has uh, definitely. Um, I was a lot. I was pretty quick when I was younger, and obviously that's uh, that pretty quickness has turned to ableness, I reckon. But uh, the game has changed definitely. Obviously, there was barely three G pitches then, whereas now they're mostly a lot more football is tried to be played. Whether that's the correct thing, if everyone if everyone can do it or not, but there's obviously different styles involved in football which everyone's entitled to. But yeah, I'd say there's more football attempted to be played now than maybe there was when I first started playing way back. Way back when. Yeah, so you mentioned you were a player coach at Herne Bay, working under Steve Lovell. Is that something you want to get too involved in, carry on playing in, within the game, coaching? 
yeah, I still think I've got a little while left playing. I still feel good. I've played most of the games this season. I think I've missed one game um, out of our games so far. So injury record is is pretty good. Touch wood. Um, really in, in enjoying the coaching side of being alongside Steve and his assistant Mark. Learning a lot. Obviously, Steve's got a lot of experience. Um, in the game, managing in league football and things like that. So I think everything's just a learning curve. And like I say, I'm not, um, I'm not in a desperate rush to be a football, to be a manager, but I, um, I, I was sort of this summer, I did want to get involved in a, on a coaching staff and, and thinking about that next sort of stage of my footballing time. Yeah, so you got playing on a Sunday this weekend, so you can do your Christmas shopping on Saturday, but Chichester, then you've got to go to high. So two away games, it'll be good to pick up some points there. Yeah, a um, bit different. Yeah, don't haven't played many times over the years on a Sunday. Um, I think then the Hive games on the Wednesday, so a quick turnaround. Then obviously the Saturday, so three games in six days. I'm sure uh, if you ask me that question again about my legs and things, I might have a different answer uh, next Saturday evening than I gave you just now. But the uh, yeah, again, we there be there be tough fixtures. I think Chichester have had a little bit of a. a, a Poor form over the last couple of games, but started the season brilliantly. Hiver seem to be um, every every week. I see they seem to be winning at the moment. I think they're up to about fifth or sixth, something like that. So that'll be a tough game. Um, but we've got to look at ourselves. I think in this division, if you play to your, you know, especially the better sides, if we play to our strengths, we we feel like we can match and 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 do well against. And we feel if we're off it, that's when we've dropped points, you know, with the draws and the losses. So. Um, so yeah, we we just got to get those. I think the away game to Chichester is the one on a Sunday, with it being a bit different. The fact that it's on a Sunday and a bit of a longer journey, but Hive will be equally as tough. Oh, friend, a good yeah, chat yes. that one, Matt. Uh, always interested to hear from a local legend. And Liam was a good form there. He and Bay are still a work in progress, I think, this season. But he's not giving up hope, is he? No, again, as he's mentioned, drawn too many games. They've got. Um, he said a newish sort of side that he's got at the moment and they're gelling a little bit a little bit inconsistent but he said there's nothing to fear if they can go on a bit of a run they can um, try and get into those playoff positions in a very very tight division um, again he, he said he's enjoying his football because um, he's sort of local to him you know he's 35 he's played nearly 700 games which is amazing Somebody at that level, seven and a half, enjoying it. And he's learning off Steve Lovell. Steve Lovell's a, an excellent coach um, at that level. And Steve, working with Mark Lovell, they're, they're doing a decent job at Herne Bay. Again, like everything in the Oakal area, when the other teams doing well in the FA Cup, you get a little bit forgotten about. But he says, he said, we've got a chance here. If we get some consistency, turn those draws into wins, we could be a definite um, uh, playoff contender. In, in, a, in quite a tight division, which as we've said before, should start really sorting itself out within the next month or so, who are going to be the runners and riders. And Herne Bay have got some big games coming up. Um, Ramsgate over Christmas, Hyde as well. And they know if they pick up points here, they're going to be in the mix. Absolutely. I think, you know, Steve Lovell is an experienced manager and, and he's got some experienced players. You know, as you say, Liam's played 700 games. So, you know, it's, it's great that he's obviously going to be a big part of things going forward. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the players that they've got there, it's about mixing old and, and, and young, isn't it, I suppose, and just making sure that Herne Bay are competitive. They're always going to be a decent side at this level. Um, obviously, they had such the, all the shenanigans last season uh, that, that went on there. Um, but I think, you know, they they seem to be back on a firm footing now. And hopefully, even if they don't go up this season, I think they could be in a, in a good position to challenge next. I think it's more about stability. I think um, 
the season after the disappointment of last season is stabilising the club, getting them winning some football matches and getting a bit of a structure that they can use going forward. I think playoffs, Steve Lovell is a winner, so he'll want to be in the playoffs once he gets going, once, if they can do. But And Liam said, you know, sometimes they're work in progress with some youngsters playing in the squad, but they can only get better over a season as they continue to play at this level. Absolutely. There were lots of goals uh, in the Ismail League Southeast over the weekend. Uh, four different teams scored four goals uh, in that division. Unfortunately, only one of them was from Kent, uh, with Sheffield United winning 4 0 at Irith and Belvedere. Ashford lost 4 3 at home to Lansing. Cray Valley beat Herm Bay by goal to nil. Beckenham went down 4 1 at Horndean. Hyde beat Broadbridge Heath 2 1. Seven Oaks were pegged back to draw 2 2 with second place three bridges. And Sittingbourne beat Phoenix Sports 2 1. And on Tuesday night, Cray Valley beat Beckenham 2 1. Sheffield United drew 0-0 with Burgess Hill. Uh, Burgess Hill back in the county on Saturday as well. They've just dispensed of their manager, Dean Cox, today as well. They travel to Beckenham. Ashford go to Broadbridge Heath. It's Cray Valley PM against Horndean. Littlehampton against Sittingbourne. Irith and Belvedere go to Merston. Phoenix Sports meet Sevenoaks. It's Sheffield United against his Grinted and that big game we mentioned at the top of the show. Between three bridges in Herne Bay and then in midweek. Loads of games in midweek. Teams are playing catch-up now. On Tuesday night, Beckenham Town against Irith and Belvedere. Seven big game. Broadbridge Heath. There's a big game, that one. Uh, Sittingbourne go to East Grinstead. Ashford go to Horndean. Sheppey go to Littlehampton. And uh, Cray Valley go to Three Bridges. Uh, and then on Wednesday night, it's Hyde against Herne Bay. Uh, Ramsgate against Chichester. And, uh, uh, Liam Friend, I assume I've missed that one. They're playing on Sunday, aren't they? Littlehampton Sunday, uh, yeah, they're at Chichester. Chichester, funny... You get... Funny playing on a Sunday. It's a bit of a trek down there. Um, that's why the game. I don't know why. They? I don't know why they're playing on a Sunday. Got no because idea. They're playing, they're, asking. So? they're playing a bognor. So that what he's going to get to. Oh, he said he, he said it was a trek. Yeah. So uh, Chichester are having some work done at their uh, at their stadium. So the first half of this season, I only found this out about two weeks ago. But all of the first half of this season, uh, they're playing their games uh, just down the road in Bognor. So that's why it's on a Sunday. I'm assuming Bogner at home on Saturday. Uh, so therefore, that's I'll, why I'll better that let Liam know because he said oh, I said a bit of a trek to Chichester, and he agreed with me. So um, um, I'll have to get my good friend Tom to text him saying you're actually not playing at Chichester. You play. Well, I'm, I'm sure though. someone else will be taking him. He'll be yeah, all right, no, right. no, I did ask him. Again. Yeah, he said he, he had to sort the uh, card school out, uh, the card school out for that. So um, yeah, that could be. Uh, yeah, that is a Bogner's an absolute pig to get over on. on a, well, at least he won't be busy on a Sunday, but. Uh, yeah, that have got that, and then big game against Hive um, on the Wednesday. So uh, yeah, interesting yeah. times. Yeah, uh, FA Trophy this weekend as well. Maidstone United in cup action again. They're away at Barnet. Uh, Bromley at home to Slough. Ebbsfleet at home to Bishop Stortford. Hive against Whitehawk in a rematch of last season's playoff final. And Welling at home to Brackley. Um, Ebbsfleet United. We said last week Matt had that big win, and then they went and lost to Kidderminster. That's not what the doctor ordered, is it? No, um, Dennis Catree. Again, confident he can sort this out. He's under a little bit of pressure, I think, maybe from himself. Big game, I would have thought, on Saturday. The FA Trophy, you know, they've, you know, they've won the competition before. Uh, and maybe that's the kind of competition they want to be doing well in this season as well. Because um, so don't take it seriously. It's a good chance for them to uh, go have a good run in that competition. So a bit of pressure against um, against Bishop Stortford. Well, Bishop Stortford, I don't know how well they're doing there. They're, there must be, uh, it's, well, I don't know. They got, well, they, didn't they get promoted last season? Yeah, so they're in the National League North. 
Yeah. Um, and I think they're finding a little bit of a, a, a challenge yeah, with yeah, the yeah. travelling that they've got. But uh, yeah, they've so, gone through a lot of changes in their squad and personnel. So, you know, they'll come to obviously with nothing to lose. And that's the, so, yeah, the, the big thing. I think a performance, particularly at home, is, is important for uh, for Ebsley. Yes, Bromley took advantage of other teams winning cup action to move up to second uh, in the National League as they beat Bro- uh, Rochdale by a goal to nil, uh, a late goal there. Um, and that's, that's great news for them, isn't it? To, to to be second in the league at this stage of the season, they're halfway through their campaign. Uh, they had a bit of a slow start, but they've won 13 out of their 23 games, drawn six and just lost four. I think the only thing that Andy Wooden will probably be thinking is, I wish we were scoring a few more goals, 37 in 23 games, when the teams are directly above and below them have got 53 and 43 respectively. Yeah, I, I think probably in, in a very good position, um, Serial playoff contenders, if not, um, you know, it looks like Chesterfield are going to run away with it. But uh, probably have got a chance, a real chance to be a football league club. They really have. Uh, International League South on Saturday, we've already heard about having Waterloo were beating Dover by four goals to three. It was Torquay two, Tumber Jane was one. Uh, and more of a Western super nightmare for, for Welling, Matt, as they lost 4-2 uh, down in Western. But Welling did get a creditable 2-2 draw at Averley uh, on Monday night. Um, to to get them keep them in the right direction, I suppose, near the foot of the table. They're still just about in the drop zone, and they've played more games than teams above them. But I, I, I get the feeling, Matt, that things might have just turned the corner for Welling. Well, yeah, disappointing result. Beat Yeovil, goalkeeper sent off again, wasn't it? Um, on Monday, and that's a decent result against Averley because Averley are a, um, a decent side at this level. Clearly, doing really well. So uh, yeah, again, they've brought in quality war players. So I think Welling. Still a little bit worried at the drop zone, but a bit of consistency is probably needed from them. Yeah, just two games in that division this weekend uh, with the FA Trophy being centre stage. Dartford at home to the leaders, Yeovil, uh, while as Matt alluded to earlier on, Dover have the lovely trip to Truro. That was nice of the fixture planners to send you there in early December. Well, wasn't well, it, well, well no, this, this was a rearranged game. So it should have been oh. October. They should have got played them on Tuesday just gone, but they, um, they didn't. So, uh, um, yeah. Luckily, it's been moved to a to a Saturday. I, for some, I have a funny feeling that Dover are not going to lose that game. So there you go. Wow, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So That's I'll a bold a prediction down. if ever I've heard. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I thought they'd lose to Haven. So there you go. Uh, Margate's game was one of only two involving our teams to, to survive uh, on Saturday in the Eastman League Premier Division. The other being a three 0 win uh, for Chatham, who remained second in the table after beating Harringay Borough. They're nine points behind the leaders Hornchurch, though, and Hornchurch do have a game in hand. Uh, on Saturday in that division, uh, folks in Victor travel to Canby Island. Uh, it's Chatham against Hastings. Margate at home to Carl Shorten in the first game in charge for their new manager, Mark Stimson. On Sunday, Cray Wanderers are at home to Harringay Borough. Before on Tuesday night, Chatham travel to FA Cup heroes, sort of Horsham, who were knocked out by Sutton uh, at the weekend. Uh, that just seems with the, all the action in the Southern Counties East League. As I say, I'm not going to go into much of it. Um, good news about young Cam from uh, Corinthian, um, who is who is on the mend. Uh, he's been showing good signs, positive signs in hospital. And Corinthian returned to action in the Scaffold Challenge Cup. Uh, on Tuesday night when they won by three goals to one at Meridian VP. Uh, I know it was a, an emotionally charged night for them, so well done uh, to them. Uh, a few things nick, nicking around in the, in the scaffold uh, Premier Division on Saturday, which were four new winners at Lordswood after Matt Barham's departure. 
Uh, Beers did beat Lid by two goals to one. Lid also suffering, Matt, from what we were talking about with Homesdale last week, just 36 supporters uh, in that one. And, and you know, hard place to go in December, Lid Town. It, it's, it's quite remote. And I did see someone saying, you know, I used to go quite often, but now the buses are so unreliable. I find it really hard to get to it. And, you know, there's not a lot of houses around there. It's a real challenge for those clubs, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Lids, you know, when they're, you know, they've, they've got decent crowds before, but again, middle of, I suppose the nature of the beast, isn't it? Games get rearranged, midweek games in December, cold weather, difficult to get to. It's going to be difficult for clubs to um, to get there, isn't it? To, to get supporters in, but Lid have been doing really well and they deserve more than 36 people turning up. They do. Uh, Glebe were 3-1 up quite late in the day at Rustall and that game was abandoned due to fog. Um, I, I, I'm frustrating for Glebe because they're, they're winning that game. Um, and I, I feel like there needs to be a bit more common sense about games and being abandoned and things. I, I think it's really frustrating that we see it so often that these games get called off quite near the end and the result doesn't stand. And I know the rules have well, been what, changed. What was we know what minute that was called off in? Well, I think it was very close to stoppage time. The, the, the Glebe third goal had been in the 77th minute, so less yeah. than 10 minutes to go. And and I just feel, I understand the game had to be abandoned, but I just feel sorry for people who've made the effort to 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 go there and then they've seen almost all the game and, and it's counted for nothing. I mean, I can kind of understand if there's an injury. I can kind of understand why the deal lid FA Cup tie that I went to early the season had to be replayed. But I just look at it and I think, do you know what? Sometimes it just needs to be a bit more common sense about about these sorts of things. And and I don't know. I, I don't well, really know what I'm If they've got a time that um, after a time and some team is winning convincingly, well, it looks like they're going to win. You should do it. But yeah, frustrating, probably all concerned there, really. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if the supporters get a refund for the next game or not, but yeah, disappointing. Uh, one result I will just mention in the Scaffold First Division as well uh, on Saturday. It finished Case Sports nil, Rochester United 8. Uh, Max Morgan got a hat-trick in the 45th, 47th and 49th minutes uh, in that game. Um, yeah, quite a result that one to win by eight goals to nil away from home for Rochester United. You don't get many of them uh, to the pound. If you are interested in the table in that division, Rochester are in third place at the moment. Uh, they're behind AFC Whiteleaf, who are seven points clear, and Lewisham Borough, uh, who are in second, Rochester third, and then it's a six-point gap after them to Larkfield and New Hythe uh, and Staplehurst Monarchs. Canterbury City are seventh. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of one of those seasons, I think, down there, where obviously AFC Whiteleaf are very strong this season. They're, they're not quite in our patch, but fair play to them. They've played 15 games. They've only lost the once, um, so they are going well. Let's have a quick look at the fixtures in the scaffold. Uh, this weekend because we're not too far off getting towards midnight here, Matt. And I know you'll be turning into a pumpkin. Well, um, I, got, I got, got back on one o'clock in the morning against when I went to ASC Wimbledon, John. So I, I'm missing my beauty sleep this week. That's, that's my life, like every time yeah, I go to work. Yeah. Um, anyway, you're not getting up at six, are you? No. And no. it's <laughs> Corinthian against Punjab on Saturday, Deal against Sutton. Athletic, Irith Town against Hollands and Blair, Faversham at home to VCD, it's Fisher against Beersted, Kennington against Rustall, Stansfeld against Lordswood, Snodland Town against Wellingtown, uh, Tunbridge Wells host Lidtown, and it's Whitstable Town against Holmesdale. And I'm sure there will be some games in midweek because I just scroll down the page to find them. Uh, yes, Glebe against Fisher, Lordswood against Lid, and VCD Athletic against Tunbridge Wells. So that's pretty much you all up to date. Um, I was going to ask you, Matt. Have you got a Works Christmas party? 
Yeah, it's a week Friday. We're going um, nice. St. Augustine's in Ram in Margate. So well, it's just a sit down meal with loads of other companies and bits like that. We do. So that's our sort of office one. There is a company one that's uh, like a hog roast in a few days before Christmas. That's during the day. So, yeah, apart from that, my wife's got hers this week. So I'll be a taxi service going around, dropping her and her, her mates off somewhere. <laughs> so is it like departments rather than like the whole Yeah, company? yeah, we don't have, we don't. The big boss doesn't really like a big do that you go and sit down one before. We, so it's just just our office. But we, we just arrange it ourselves sort of thing. So last year we went to bingo and I quite enjoyed that. And there was talk of going to the casino just gambling it away or you know have a meal and thing but we're going to sit down job so but i've got to be up early on the saturday so i'm not going to be knocking too much i'm not really a big drinker these days so um i can't really see myself on the dance floor but that'd be a pleasant evening look forward to it and what about you john you what will you be Uh, well there is one there there is a company uh department one um which is in the daytime uh, and I'm working that day, so I can't really go. Uh, I think that's on Friday, actually. Um, there's also some sort of whole building ones, but they've been split into various days and are inside the building, so I'm giving that a swerve. However, one of the other departments who I work closely with, um, they are having a, um, for want of a better phrase, piss up next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've managed to sh- swap shifts and I've been invited on that, so I'm going to be... Uh, local pub's job, is it? Yeah, we're going to have a bit of a... a pub call around london although um it's quite an early start so it's not going to be a late one which is quite handy um and then also uh the, the boss has requested comfy seating throughout so i don't think it's going to be that raucous if i'm brutally honest with you mate but it's going to be good fun to get out and actually spend some time with my colleagues away from the office because i've only been at this job for what 15 or so months so 16 months so i suppose it'd be nice to actually spend some time with them apart from sneaking a quick one down the pub every now and then uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yes, but it's the it's the most wonderful time of the year, John. Are, are, are the decorations up? Yeah, but luckily, because I was at football on Saturday, I, I'm not a big fan of putting the decorations up. So I got them down from the loft, uh, and by the time I came home on Saturday, they'd all been done. So Santa's elves yeah. did a great job. Yes, yes, yeah. Kids, well, the kids aren't, haven't been too well because they, they they haven't done too much. But my my wife's done a fine job on that. So yeah. I bet you're glad, and I'm hoping you're going to tell me that this is the case, that your children are far too old to be bothered about an elf on a shelf. Yes, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to do that anymore. So, um, yeah, that's of worrying about, because this is the kind of thing now, I'll be, if we're doing that, I'll be thinking, oh, God, I've got to cover it in bling film or flour or something. So, um, no, I don't even know if the elf's actually come down. I'm looking now. I don't think they stay, um, uh, yes, they are there, the one that we had to, hide away or whatever he did it thing but um it just stays in the same position now they, they've they've worked it out it was us we'll it away if you don't know yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's no one under the age of uh, under the impression under age of 35 listening to this thing well i was i was no i was gonna say and, and i don't know if i should say these words out loud, but you know what i'm gonna say it i'm pretty sure there's no one who believes in father christmas who listens to this podcast yeah, but, but yeah if, if you do he does exist really ignore yeah. what john just said yeah sorry i'm yeah yeah <laughs> um I, I my room is uh as festive as it is all year round uh there is nothing yeah yet. I, I wouldn't even put it up if i lived on my own so there you go so well the thing is though matt i i 
don't have any plans to do grand scale things. However, last year I woke up in this flat on Christmas Day on my own. This year I'm waking up in, in this flat on Christmas Day, but I'm not going to be on my own. Right. And, I, and I, it was suggested to me that perhaps the person who is going to be in this flat with me might like a, a, the odd festive trinkets yeah. around. So Yeah, we'll that's probably, it's probably a good idea if you did that, mate. Yeah, but at least uh, at least, and I can say this: it won't be a hideous rainbow-coloured tree. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but all in, all in all, back to the thing before we go, because I need to go to bed. Um, fantastic week for Maystone United. Delighted for everybody there concerned at the club. Delighted that you know, from from a Dover point of view, you can look look what Maystone have done. They were dead in the dumps, and they'll look at them now, flying high. So um, there is always. Um, um, sunshine at the end of a rainbow if you're going through a bit of a nightmare on a football pitch so uh, delight for them absolutely you can find us on social media on twitter at kent nl podcast you can find us on facebook search for kent only podcast you can also find the group kent only football chat which continues to grow uh, with members we've had lots of requests the last few weeks actually so i'm assuming it's getting close to if not really past 2,000 members. And as you also say for everyone in that group who listen to the podcast it would be our best week ever so please do <laughs> um you can also find us on instagram and threads as well at kent only podcast i'm at john 81 Matt is it Matthew underscore Gerard. And yeah, yeah, that is it for this week's show. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks to all three of our guests uh, for their time. Well done to Maidstone. Commiserations to Ramsgate, but well done on a fantastic run. And well done to all three teams in the FA bars. Another busy week done, and we're getting towards the busy Christmas period trademark. I hope you all have a good weekend, and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. It's late, but th- I have to say thanks to all the people from Maidstone and Ramsgate over the last couple of days in the Cup. Really pleased. They really, the support they've given us have been fantastic. So uh, that's the reason why we do this pod and memories have made that will last a lifetime.